Hello and welcome to the Beyond the Cusp podcast, your place for raising body confident and body aware daughters, teaching our girls all the things we wish we were taught and more. I'm Melina, mother to three, wife and founder of Beyond the Cusp Workshops to empower your daughter to be comfortable with her first period, understand her menstrual cycle and welcome her into becoming a young woman. Each week we'll be speaking about ways to empower our girls to love and trust their bodies like never before. Thanks for being with me, let's get into it. In this week's episode I'm speaking with Dr. Ellie Young. Dr. Ellie Young is a chiropractor on a mission, combining her love of all things neurology, research, stress and chiropractic with her personal motherhood journey, she has created an online community, resource hub and courses for mothers the world over. She continues her private practice in regional Queensland, having worked with thousands of mothers in over 18 years of clinical experience and is passionate about allowing mums the opportunity to regain their health, their joy and their sense of self within the motherhood journey. This episode contains explicit language, so please be advised if there are children around. Hello, Ali. I'm so happy to see you here today, and I'm so excited for this conversation to come. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you for having me. This is really exciting. It is exciting. So I like to start off with honouring our bodies. So, you know, we don't spend enough time, I don't think, listening to our bodies. So I like Mm. to... I like to hear how everyone like does this differently. So how, yep. what have you done to honor or nourish your body today? So today, well, mine always starts the night before. So when I hop into bed every night, I, um, I love breath work to calm my vagus and help me get into this beautiful sense of deep sleep. And so I lie on my Shakti acupressure mat on the top of my mattress and I pull my jammy top up and I lie there hand on chest, hand on stomach, and just do beautiful, conscious, slow breathing. And I will generally fall asleep on my acupressure mat and wake up about 20 minutes, half an hour later, throw it off, not where I'm going to jump on it um, the next morning because that hurts. I've done that once. Um, And I feel like that nourishes me into really nice sleep cycles, which is important. My kids are seven and nine and I still get woken most nights to walk one of them to the bathroom because they're scared of the dark. I have a thousand night lights, whatever. <laughs> this, this too shall pass. Um, and so that sets me then up for the next morning when I get up and I do a few things as part of my morning nourishment routine as well. So I will start my day with a drink of warm water. Um, I will then have often like a celery juice or something like that that's really cleansing um, for my system and then I'll go and sit on my veranda sometimes I journal sometimes I pull cards sometimes I just lie down and do a really simple yoga flow but I just try and find a space for myself that's really calm and that nourishes my soul because my life is really busy and so that enables me to just into my day without Banshee mum coming through straight away, which is really important. Yeah, Banshee mum is, is not a good mum. It's a real thing. <laughs> I, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had not heard anyone else talk about it, though. I thought it was just me. <laughs> oh, no. My best friend and I talk about being Banshee fishwives and how we can so easily 
Like if we're depleted and we're not in congruency with what's important to our value systems, we just become these shouty banshee women. Mm. And um, yeah, and that's a big thing that I've become more conscious of in my mothering journey, I think, so that I can honour that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that, that sounds amazing. That sounds so beautiful. So with, yeah. I just want to ask about your breath work. So the yeah. work is just mindful breathing or do you do yeah. any of the, of the mm. any kind of methods that you? Depends on the day. So if I've had a great day and I'm not feeling any form of stress or anxiety hopping into bed, it's just mindfulness. It's just feeling my body move with my breath, making sure that I'm getting my stomach lifting as well as my chest lifting so that I'm getting that deep soulful breathing Mm -hmm. but if I've had a day which is really hectic or I've had a fight with my spouse or I've read an email that I shouldn't have read at nine o'clock at night you know something like that and I'm like oh I've got so much to do tomorrow I'll go into either box but normally a parallelogram shape to my breath so I'll breathe in for about four hold it for four breathe out for a double exhalation so I'll go out for eight and then hold for four and if I do sort of three to five cycles of that it's just like my body goes ah we're in safe mode Mm. and I know that that deep breathing activates the way my vagus integrates its gut brain connection so uh, the diaphragmatic breathing makes my all of those organs internally go oh we're moving well we're safe so they signal to the brain that we're safe Deep breathing moves all our vertebrae slightly, which signals to our prefrontal cortex that we're safe. So it's signaling all these safety messages. So even if we're in a stressed and anxious mindset, it can pull us out of it really quickly. Yeah, wow. I'm just thinking about teaching teens this. Yeah, my kids do it. Yeah. Yeah, they're seven and nine and or nearly, they're six and eight until like next week. And um, yeah, we do, if we're wound up in our mornings, we do that. Um, conscious breath work it's really good yeah yeah I often use uh tapping for yeah like the EFT yes yeah and and also the breathing but I think yeah especially when you we talk about the vagus nerve and yeah yeah oh that's also I love it I love it yeah um so tell me about Unfuck Motherhood and how you came into this being from a chiropractic background how did this start well Unfucked motherhood began, I think the concept of it began when I was an expat mum. So my motherhood journey is really different to lots of other mums, I think. I got married and had a wedding night conception, uh, a little unplanned, and um, I had sold my practice. So I owned this big practice in Perth with my best friend, and my husband and I knew we were going to move overseas for his work, so I sold my half off to her. Then I found out I was pregnant, moved to Malaysia, when I was 20 weeks pregnant and um, so I went from having Australian midwifery-led care to Malaysian obstetric care and then came back to Perth at 35 weeks and six days pregnant so the very last day I could come back to Australia. My husband stayed for another three weeks in Malaysia so I was home alone surrounded by my females and um, and then didn't birth until 40 one and one so overdue Mm -hmm. and I think that's because I'd spent so long trying to hold her in so that I didn't birth while he wasn't there because he couldn't get back in time right and um and then 
20 days later moved back to Malaysia with a newborn baby who was 2.5 kilos born, uh, fed every two hours and, um, and it was hard. Yes. It was really hard. Yeah. So we stayed there till she was nearly one and moved back to Australia near his family here in, um, in Tannum and, um, had another babe. And I was started back at work as a chiro because when I was overseas, I couldn't work. And then my husband got an opportunity to move to South Korea. So our kids were one and three. We moved, or one and two when we moved actually. And we moved to South Korea. And that's where this started because I happened to fall into this beautiful group of expat women. And we created this community, this village where we supported each other without judgment on our mothering journeys. And we realized no one could understand what the hell we were saying. We couldn't understand what the hell they were saying. So we didn't have any of those shackles holding us to do things a certain way. So we could just choose our own bloody adventure. Mm. And it was so great. And then I came back to Australia and saw that flip Mm. and then started working and the heavy pressures and, um, and burnout became a real thing because I was mm. trying to build a practice. My husband works long hours. The kids were still little. They weren't in school and it was really he- hectic. So Unfuck Motherhood came from wanting to help other mums realise that motherhood doesn't have to be hard. It can be really fun and joyful. And yes, there are hard moments, but we can be healthy and heart focused and bring joy back into the experience, be it if we work 60 hour weeks or we do stay at home mums, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. 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 um, And to see the almost opposites within within that it's, yeah, I can see how it would be so evident to you. And it's almost like we, you can't use that word. Well, no, I think it gets overused actually privilege and that we're mm. privileged so you can't complain about anything yeah you can't. but you know what we still can complain <laughs> yeah, but you know but it's it's taboo to it think of, of, of motherhood yeah. in any other way yes um, and we're I so think, blessed and we are but it's also okay to acknowledge that sometimes it's hard and we need to call in support as well yes yes, yes. absolutely I found that so hard to start with because I yeah my motherhood journey was I felt quite alone. I was away from my Mm. own family and um, had my in-laws with me, Mm. but I I didn't feel like I could call on them. So um, yeah, so that support, allowing ourselves to to take that support when it's there. Yeah. And that was the best thing about Korea because we didn't have, no one had their family. So we all had to rely on each other for that support. So it was a really great learning experience for all of us, I think, not speaking for all of the girls, but particularly for me, because, you know, being a health professional who primarily works with young children and mums, I was expected to know everything and be the answer all the time. Mm -hmm. And so being able to acknowledge that I didn't know everything and I can't be everybody's answer all the time is a really big shift I think Mm. yeah yeah so why do you think it's so fucked here (laughs) how long have we got no so there's this beautiful human called Dr Sophie Brock that my paths crossed on by random chance and she's a sociologist PhD in motherhood studies and 
And she talks about the patriarchal motherhood and the perfect mother myth. But so basically, we've been told that mothers behave a certain way and society supports that mothers behave a certain way. So if we stay at home, we're perceived as a good mum. If we go to work, we're perceived as being selfish Mm. or, okay, well, you have to go to work, but you still have to mum as if you don't go to work. Mm. And when you're at work, you have to act as if you're not a mum. So we're driving a stress load in our mums that's so high, it's affecting neurology and causing burnout symptoms to occur. And then we've got the perfect mother myth. And that's a lot of that's driven through the concept of the Insta mums and, (laughs) you know, all the things. And I mean, my platform's on Instagram. So, hey, I can't. Yeah, but but we see it. We all see it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, there's this myth that to be a good mum, you look a certain way, you eat certain foods, your children look a certain way, they behave a certain way. And if your kids aren't doing that or you're not doing that, well, there's something wrong with you Mm because you're not fitting into that ideal. So it's about breaking that down to find out that there may be parts of that that really work for you. Like maybe you were super fashionable person before your motherhood so your children wearing really nice clothes and having those insta perfect photos actually makes your heart super happy tick the box like go for that but someone like me who's really quirky and doesn't care if her kids don't wear shoes the thought of trying to get my children to all wear mustard on the same day (laughs) really does my head in and matching linen Uh, I'm like I can't go there my kids are way too messy um so I think it's about bringing realness back into it as well because society's yeah. certainly driving us away from that yes yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm laughing because my daughter 14 year old daughter sees yeah. some photos of herself when she was younger and she's like why do, why why am I wearing that when I have kids they're going to wear the nicest clothes they're going to do this and do that I'm like oh yeah and then yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then they see something and yeah. they want to wear a Dora t-shirt <laughs> exactly right I, my kids I avoided all the frozen and I, all the, until yeah. I moved to South Korea and it, <laughs> there is no choice I was like uh, there was only so many hand-me-downs we could give each other and then I was like okay we're Elsa and we're like toy story today and, yeah. and that's how we're rolling and I'm going to close my eyes and pretend yeah. it's okay yeah yeah and, so yeah and you do you just yeah you roll with it while you while your heart eternally yeah. cringes <laughs> I know. yeah or they want to wear like little dress up plastic high heels I'm like mm. Mm-hmm. where did they even how are they in my house how are they in my house anyway uh, I was I I was not a, a buyer of those things either so no. my, my youngest daughter who's very creative and I'm certain she's going to be a clothes designer because she yeah she creates all these things she would literally go out and make her own Elsa costume so we oh. would go to the shops with the towel pegged around her as a cape oh. and- <laughs> And all types of yeah. get up. We're like, I'm, I'm actually happy with that. That's great. I, yeah. I kind of prefer that too. Because, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let her creativity. Yeah. Well, my daughter's that. turning nine in December. And one of the things she wants for her birthday is to go to the shops and buy some nice clothes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, so what's nice clothes look like for you, Till? She's like, I don't know, mum. Just like 
nice clothes that aren't dresses. You just always buy me dresses. And yeah. I'm like, oh, that's because I really like dresses. <laughs> I'm not like, I mean, <laughs> work pants or dresses. Anyway. Yeah. So, yes, they start fun. to get their own mind. So yes, much fun. Yes. Yeah. Which is, I really enjoy watching that part yeah, of them. them I growing. love it. Yeah. 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 She spent, I think, two hours on the weekend with one of my scarves trying to get me to pin it in certain ways to drape the fabric to oh. see what it looked like and I'm like oh this is fun yeah. and my mum loves sewing so when we see them in Victoria at Christmas I'll be like okay sewing lessons please yeah yes yeah oh that's that's very cool yeah, yeah. yeah. um so what is this initial steps to move away from this the, the motherhood myth and the yeah and the what was the other one you called it? The perfect, the perfect mother myth. The perfect yeah. mother, mother myth. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon that one of the first things that we can do is just recognize if and how that's playing out in our life. Have a little bit of a reflection time, asking yourself those questions: Am I doing this for me, or am I doing this for somebody else? And if it's somebody else, is it an important person that I'm doing it for, but or is it not? So it could be. Am I, I've got a five pillars of health for mums that I focus on. So sleep is one of them, nourishing food, moving, thinking, calm and mindset and the way that we, um, movement, did I say move? Anyway, I will let you, I will send that to you. Yes. Yes. Um, But just, I think we can choose one of those things and go, right, how, what do I need for that? Let's give myself the space to think how I would choose to nourish my body with food. Mm -hmm. What do I think is important for me? Do I need to um, actually eat some food? As mums, we so often forgo breakfast because we're too busy. We have our first coffee, we have our second coffee, we'll have a tiny salad for lunch without any protein and then we'll get really hungry so we'll start snacking on the kids after school snacks they're really sugary we'll have a massive dinner we'll have all the chocolate and ice cream and then we wake up feeling gross the next morning so we don't want to eat and we like that's an easy cycle to mm. fall into mm-hmm. so how can we choose to nourish ourselves so that we can show up as our best version of ourselves um, how can we choose to move our body so that that movement tells our brain that we're safe is the movement that we need. Like, are we watching the Insta mums who tell us we need to do our 25-minute HIIT workout every day? There's a season in our life where that's going to be perfect for us, Mm -hmm. but there's also seasons in our life, especially if we're feeling a bit burnt out, our adrenals aren't allowing us to sleep well, that really heavy exercise is too much for our system. So Mm -hmm. we might find Pilates or yoga or calm movement is or just gentle weights, something like that might be better. Um, And then looking at your mindset, your thinking, how are you thinking well? What are the important things? Um, Are you honouring and listening to that intuitive voice that's within inside you? And if you don't know how to do that, just that simple breath work will start to bring that forward for you. Mm. Yeah. And sleeping. Um, How are we sleeping? So underrated. So (laughs) underrated. And now, like, I can survive, in inverted commas, on five to six hours sleep a night but I'm not a nice human Mm. and it doesn't support my system in a way that it should so I find that I actually need to be in bed and asleep by 9 9 30 and I'm awake between 4 30 and 5 and that's a nice amount of sleep for me yeah um and it may be because I'm perimenopausal 
and maybe it'll shift as my cycle changes um, but that's me at this point in time yeah. yes yeah I'm quite enjoying a little nap here and there as well <laughs> I've always been a napper <laughs> When I was without kids in busy practice, I had two shifts with a split in the middle and I would ride home and sleep on my couch, cuddling my dog for an hour and then go back mm, to work again. Mm, it was awesome. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And I really like how you said, are we doing this for ourselves or are we doing this for yeah. someone else? Um, and I think you get to a certain age as well where if you have been doing this for someone else for so long, it will sit you on your butt and tell you to stop yeah yeah I like to call it I won't swear on your podcast the giver f40s like it's like we turn 40 and suddenly we go oh I don't give an f about anything else but myself right now Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and my hope is that when we become mums we can get that inner strength that sometimes happens when we get older Mm. as well yeah and do you know do you know how that works with estrogen so estrogen, no. estrogen is a hormone of accommodation. So right. we accommodate a lot. And as yeah. the estrogen starts to change, we yeah. start not accommodating not as much as what we did before. So I wonder if, so every, every time, the two times that I've been pregnant, I, as soon as I've been pregnant, but haven't known it, I have been very much like, nah, I'm not doing that for you. Nah, I'm not doing that for you. Nah, I'm not doing that for you. And then I would find out I was pregnant. Mm. Yeah. So I'm wondering if it relates to that somehow. Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. 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 That's really cool. Obviously, post-menopause, our estrogen drops. Just plummets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah, we, we don't have children at home so much then, hopefully mm. not. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. Or, they can afford or, to buy a house somewhere. Or they'll all be there with their partners and everyone because they can't afford to yeah. buy a house. We yeah. all better keep building bigger homes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so, so you have a program around helping reset yeah. motherhood. Yep. Tell me a so, bit about that. I have a program, it's called the Six Week Mama Reset that actually goes for seven weeks, but I can't change the name now. Um, but <laughs> we step, yeah, it's a bonus. Um, we step through the ways that motherhood has got us where we are. So we talk a, a lot about society. We reflect on our values of who we are as a mum. So we actually spend some time finding out what matters to us. So let's talk about... We often as mums don't consider that anymore because we're giving so much of ourselves to everybody else that we're the bottom of the list. So we revisit how to actually make ourselves the top of the list again and make ourselves the top of the list in a way that doesn't create disharmony, doesn't rock the boat too much and doesn't add to the load of mums because our load is already big. So it's not about just adding all new stuff in. It's what can we take out? How do we fill that spot? How can we make our resilience bucket not overflow every single day? How do we avoid our banshee moments primarily? Um, So it steps through that process. It steps through ways to support your system. It goes through each week is like, this is how we eat well. This is how we move our bodies. This is how we can uh, think and calm. And we talk a lot about breath work and a lot about our brain function and how this all links back neurologically to the functioning female body. And then we tie it all together with a beautiful revival plan and integrate it at the end. It's totally mm. fun. Yeah. Mm. So it's an online course with a weekly check-in um, with everyone doing it. Yeah. It would be fun with you with checking with you <laughs> each week. 
but that's all things like I talk about in my workshops I talk about the red tent and yep. how we used to all go for three days into a red tent or a moon lodge where we all yep. bleed yeah and that's all the kind of things that they would share at at that yep. time yep. um so it's that's a beautiful offering mm. yeah I love it and this weekend I ran my first one day retreat as well and that was a shortened version of it with a few guest speakers we started our day with yoga and a mini meditation and then we um did some learning and then we did some creative play and we made beautiful um sage smoke sticks so that we can go home and cleanse our house and then we learned from a naturopath about nourishing the female body and then we closed with a dream sequence and how we can help support ourselves to dream of the possibilities for us mm. within the mothering space but not defining us as only mothers but defining mm. us as individual women and that's I think is bringing back the concept that we are women first and mothers second and we are going through motherhood and we are doing the act of mothering but it that's not our only definition like mm. we are more than that we are vitalistic beautiful humans who have joy who have values who have ideas and concepts and um and striving for new things doesn't make us bad or poor mums it just it's us listening to ourselves on the inside oh so beautiful yeah so beautiful. I, I love it mm. yeah so where can we find out more about that yeah, so my website, dralliyoung.com, is going through a refresh, but it is all on there. Um, but soon they'll have a new homepage up with all the different links to the different places. There's lots of free um, stuff I've got on there too. I've got downloadables for mums on sleep, on finding time. Mm -hmm. Time's one of the biggest things. Um, there's a short masterclass there on how to get out of stress land when you are a mum. Um, and how to improve your posture if you're feeding newborns um, because that really triggers stress responses as well. So it's all on there. Um, and next year, my goal is to do three in-person workshops. I'll be opening the doors for my Mama Reset three times as well. So Amazing. it's going to be fabulous. And I have a book coming out too. A book and you've got your wonderful podcast too. Which yes, is and my brilliant. podcast, yes. Motherhood Unfucked with yes. Dr. Ali <laughs> Beep. <laughs> and, and you're one of these women how does she do it all but you've got oh, those pillars in place to support yeah, your absolutely your, yes and yeah. I'm pretty good with like when it's kid time it's kid time when it's spouse time it's spouse time when it's my time it's my time so mm -hmm. um and I have a husband who's relatively supportive too with my crazy ideas which is very helpful yes. I have to say <laughs> yeah awesome yeah awesome I just have quickly one last question for you. And because yeah. a lot of mothers who listen to my podcast are mothers of teens. So yes. I wanted to ask you, what is a book or a resource that you wish you had as a teen and that you can recommend? Ooh, I feel like I really didn't understand much about the female cycle at all. Even mm. though my mum's a health professional, I just you know I feel like it wasn't taught at school um, and I wish that I just had been given the information about the female is strong not weak when she um, has her cycle and that it's it's a supportive thing and it's a good thing and not to fear it all the time so something around that would have been really great and I was a really sporty teen and 
I didn't get my period till I was 16. So it was like, that was nearly like this theory that there was something wrong with me because I was so different. Mm. So I think an understanding of that everyone is different would have been really nice too. Yeah, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Especially those teen years when everyone just wants to be oh. fit in and be the same. I even got asked if I was gay because I didn't have a boyfriend. Um, yeah. I was called surfboard because I had no boobs. Uh, or bar. Yeah. I had a bum and no boobs, you know. This still goes on. Still yeah, goes on. It's horrible. It? Yeah, yeah. It's horrible. I had used sanitary products thrown at me in the toilets at <gasps> school. Yeah. <gasps> Because they're like, oh, you will never get yours. This is what it looks like. Oh, my gosh. Yep. <laughs> so cruel. So cruel. I can laugh about it now. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm glad because that's yeah. be quite traumatic. Yeah. You sort of roll with it, right? <laughs> yes. Um, so, but, but that's hopefully I, one thing that I can offer is that, is that support. Exactly right. Support. Yeah. Yeah. Just that resource of, of normality of it all, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That would well, be great. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this chat. It's been so good talking to you and and learning a lot as well. So I really thank you for being here. Thanks for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Cusp podcast. If you'd like to know more about Beyond the Cusp workshops and join in more conversations, come and join me on Instagram and Facebook under Beyond the Cusp. And if you found this helpful, I'd love if you could rate and review this podcast and share it with someone else in your life who you would think could benefit. I look forward to seeing you next time.